0: Welcome to the after party. What a action-packed leveling up, NPC-filled episode that was. Gentlemen, how do you feel?
1: Oh, man. Shout out to Julia. That was, I'm so glad we got her in the studio. She was so amazing.
2: That was so impressive, honestly. It was really great to have her in studio doing it because we could see her reacting to what not only we were saying, but even the parts where she wasn't on mic, just seeing her react was awesome and so satisfying to, to see how she was... Seeing things go down.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, when you're doing a podcast, you don't get to see your audience reacting as you're doing things. Yeah. But, like, having yeah. a person live in studio was, like, the most fun experience of my life.
0: Yeah, especially because we are recording this first kind of part of our story before any episodes are released. And so we haven't had anyone's reactions to our episodes except for each other in edits. So it's it's very exciting to actually see somebody react to our characters.
1: Yeah. I actually don't know. I mean, totally unadvised. <laughs> this was just like improv, long form improv to the max. I don't think I've seen or heard of any other game doing this except like during a live show, bringing in someone just to like role play like that. I mean, it's precarious. All I did was I was just like sat down with her for like a few minutes to try to like hash out what she needed to, to tell y'all and like what she would know that you didn't. And I mean, it just happened. It was nerve wracking for me as the DM, but like she fucking crushed it, so it's all good.
2: And I think it's fair to say there were moments that we did pause, and she asked Eric uh, a couple questions. But even then, it was major stuff. It was very specific, important things. But pretty much everything else she did, like she took, seamless, yeah, yeah, she took that character, went with it, full improv, and it it was just a ton of fun to be a part of it.
0: And Julia is my co-host on my other podcast, Spirits, a Drunken Diamond, to Myths and Legends.
2: Shout out, shout out,
0: shout out. Been friends since we were five. Uh, and so having her watch me do this other project was very exciting.
1: That's why she's
2: my creative consultant.
0: Hey. <laughs> That's and my awesome. brother. So it's just my, my whole my whole fam. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so a lot more happened this episode, right? I, I feel like there's a lot to cover. So let's go through Anara got to level up, and some items. How do you feel, girl?
0: Yeah, we all got some really exciting stuff, and I'm very excited to have these items. So Eric, tell me, any of the items that we got in the Dave Matthews supply store, <laughs> uh, were any of them based on like items in the D&D canon, or is it stuff that you kind of thought that we would love as characters?
1: Uh, let's see. The punk rock shoulder pads. That's just like a long tradition of cursed items sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad depending on what your roles are depending on what it happens to them and I mean cursed items is like people want loot so badly that like they're willing to just like kind of do whatever and I mean obviously Dave MeFugh didn't want them, and we it's kind of resolved itself in a different way and hopefully we'll see that come out the marbles uh oh God, we don't necessarily know what the powers of the marbles are, but like yeah. really you saw it this was a thing that led to Anara's leveling up.
0: And how about Johnny's mechanicals? Because that whole concept of robomancy, right? That is very exciting to me. What is that all about?
2: So look behind the uh, curtain there. In mid-episode, Eric and I just had like a quick exchange of, this should probably just be a thing, right? But there's no specific skill in the current edition of D&D about that. And I brought up that You can always add a skill and kind of work with it if you treat it kind of like some of the others. So just like you think of Thieves' Kit or think of, you know, an Alchemist's Kit or something like that, if we think about Robomancy in that same way, there's an interest at least for Johnny to continue this study and at least help his friend that he resurrected –
0: I think it's a really great example, too, of the kind of compromise between chance and wanting to do stuff in role-playing games and in D&D, because you want to know this and you can learn the skill. The skill can be a thing in our universe, but it has to be earned. And so the fact that y'all decided that, you know, okay, a certain amount of knowledge, a certain amount of materials, a certain amount of experience, meaning in life, will culminate in you being good at a thing your character should be good at.
2: And in case it's confusing, Johnny didn't level up this episode because he was already level three. But he was able to get this, which I think is like way worth it. And, you know, hopefully some point I level up, but I'm already ahead of you guys for a bit. So now we're on more even playing field, which is, I think, pretty cool.
0: For sure. And I actually got two things, which was very exciting. What I wrote down, items? Michael freaked out at Cloak. So <laughs> I wanted to make sure we address that. Uh,
2: for
1: anyone uh, listening home who is aware of Unearthed Arcana, Cole is a level five artificer. And this was one of the things that she's built. That was the Drift Globe was the thing that she did at level two. And level five, she built this or w- wove or whatever happened. This was her robe. So this is totally all. I got this right from UA. Um, We definitely chose the items. But, uh, I mean, working with Julia, she's just like, I want this thing. And then we picked the five things. And it turns out that she gave it to you.
2: I didn't even know that she wanted to do that. That's amazing that that happened. And there's a history of items similar to this, which is where my excitement came from. For for sure.
0: Uh, A couple more things on kind of new terms that were introduced here. So what is a tiefling? What is that race?
2: Uh, Okay. So Alonzo
1: is a big, big doofus. You saw how he was, like, prostrating himself and like...
0: He's just um, very genuine, which I as, I, I, as Amanda, relate to a lot. In was just like, what are you doing?
1: I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm not a Mary Sue of Alonzo, that I'm just a big, big doofus who believes what people tell me, and I'm good at potions as well. <laughs> but... Head <laughs> of the class. Yeah, you know me. Um But Alonzo believed that Cole was a demon lord, or, like, an actual demon. But a tiefling is, like, the spawn of a demon like demon a human hybrid it's like one parent is a human one parent is like has some demonic force or they get conjured however it gets murky and we didn't really pick that for an npc character but it's definitely one of the rare races that are out there like elves um, humans dwarves they're more common
0: and it's rare in our universe too which is why probably alonzo was able to believe some kind of untruth about her because maybe he hadn't seen a tiefling before.
1: Right. She definitely had the signifiers of what we believe to be, like, demons, like the the horns and the dark skin, and, like, she was you had blue fire coming out of her hands. They're also super charismatic, so, like, she definitely convinced Alonzo that she was, like, this demon lord, and now she was just, like, messing around. But, yeah, tieflings are demonic, half-human, half-demon things, and you can actually play them as players.
0: We also had some pretty deep character stuff occur in addition to the cool inventory-related stuff. Tracy, uh, Brandon, you seem to have had I have a bit of have to go to the bathroom,
3: a... I think. I don't...
0: <laughs> you had a bit Can of Can Dave
1: a... take my spot? Oh, man. Do you guys remember with that rolled robot thing? That was totally crazy. Man, I just went into, yeah, like, maybe. Clint McElroy's, like, beach bum thing. Like, uh, eight legs of justice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So Tracy reacted very strongly to the sight of this robot-ish looking thing on Cole's workbench. Tell me a little bit about why that set something off in Tracy.
3: Um. Yeah. So, a, a lot of things, a lot of feels happened with, with Tracy and are, Brandon. Are you okay, Brandon? Uh, I, it's been a long day, a long play. Tell um, me. Tell me
0: what what was what was Tracy feeling.
3: Um, I just
0: felt like uh, Barbara Walters in that moment, but continue. <laughs>
3: uh, so, so I was really excited to see Cole. Like I, like me as a person, was super excited to see who Cole was and what the deal was because I've played with Infernal Magic before and it was like it's always been super fun. And then I try really hard when I'm playing to like get in the mindset of the character. And when we walked into the door, uh, immediately you or Julie, I forgot who uh, started describing this thing that was essentially tracy who she was building and tracy doesn't exactly know his exact origins he he knows he was you know quote unquote put into service by this governor essentially but he doesn't know it's more like flashes of memories and kind of like what i imagine like actual four-year-old brandon quote-unquote remembers where it's actually not real memories it's like Combination of like stories and weird flashes and blah, blah, blah. So I think that's what kind of Tracy feels about his origins. So Mm. I think he had and I had this like gut visceral reaction to what was happening and wanted to find out and make sure that this being had autonomy and was not about to become into service forever to this demon.
0: And we saw that on your face, which was like really moving. Actually, <laughs> like I, you know, I wrote a note down that you were so in character, and and I just like the color drained out of your face. Actually, sitting here, yeah. and and it was it was pretty it was pretty amazing.
3: I felt really bad because like Julia came in here to have a good time, and then I got real
2: mad. <laughs> <laughs> it totally turned on like a dad mode uh, sensation.
0: Yeah, Johnny became a lot more not paternalistic in the bad sense, but a lot more protective than we've seen him before.
2: Well. Johnny's motivation is to spread the light and if that means like having like quote-unquote children, obviously not his child, Mm -hmm. but like surrogates of children to help him, even protect him, he's going to invest time and energy into that. And I think that's like one of the exceptions where Johnny cares about someone who isn't himself because his character – the character really only cares about himself. And then seeing – just seeing Brandon freak out, we had a moment I think that's off mic of like, yeah, no, Johnny needs to step in. Because the only other answer would be Tracy just tearing the place apart. That was actually my next go-to move. If, if yeah,
3: something hadn't an happened, hour right. I was going to – in my head, I was actually planning to like go next to a table or something and flip my ray switch and just fucking like destroy everything.
0: Yeah.
2: And there were four of us in the room who weren't Brandon. And we were all kind of shocked by it, and it was like a good shock, not in that's, a disruptive
0: way. Just no, in like, yeah. oh man, like you are you're bringing it to the table, and and I want to too. Yeah,
2: we we <laughs> didn't expect that, and it, I think like what came out of it was like I thought was a really good character development moment for both Tracy and Johnny, and showing that. You know, in my head canon, we've been traveling for a while and, like, we kind of know each other and it's kind of evidenced by the fact that Tracy loves whenever Johnny goes into scripture or whatever, which is obviously just made up and not real. (laughs) He doesn't doesn't know that. Uh, Well, I mean, yeah, Tracy doesn't know that. But,
0: like – Tracy and Alonso have a lot in common in terms (laughs) of
2: (laughs) believing stories.
3: I think that actually is, like, a great aspect of our relationship that we discovered is the fact that, like – we are both after the same thing without explicitly knowing it. Tracy is after protecting Johnny. He is in not so like horrible terms like he feels indebted like in an actual genuine way and he feels indebted he wants to protect Johnny and I think Johnny feels the same way Tracy but more in like a loving father relationship. But neither of them have said that yeah. or like know it but it's this good, good dynamic they have.
2: The first episode, we, out of Mike talked about why do we care about the three of us together. And I was like, I want Inara to be, like, my new kid. And I feel that same way. Yeah. I feel like Johnny feels that same way because, you know, he's been with Tracy for a while. He knows that Tracy will, like, be, like, a good pal. And Johnny will do whatever Tracy says because Tracy is still, like, ancient and knows, like, what's happening. Even though he's, like, you know, he seems more naive, but he's really smart. And And in the same way with Inara, like... Johnny wants to, like, help her but also follow her because she's a different perspective.
0: I think that's awesome. And before moving on to Inara's perspective, something that I really love, like, me as Amanda, about Tracy and Johnny's relationship is, like a lot of relationships, in ways in which you as a person feel deficient efficient or ways in which you think you can fail, you can lean on the other person's strength. So, like, even if Johnny or Tracy doesn't want to make the choice that will preserve their own health or sanity they know that Johnny would want Tracy to be safe and Johnny knows that Tracy would want to defend him and you can just kind of have that like mutual assurance of caring to help you make healthier decisions for yourself anyway that's my moment of of projection and I
3: I totally agree and I think it honestly like out of game slash in game it freaked me out for a hot second because it was the first time I've actually had like an actual emotional reaction to what was happening like the first time I've actually like connected with
2: the character and it freaked me the fuck out (laughs) <laughs> Isn't that cool? It was Isn't really that cool? cool. We all felt that, though. That yeah. was that was just awesome. I don't know. I'll yeah, start.
0: no, it, it is. And, and I think Anara, too, like, it, as excited as she is to be out on the road doing her own thing, you know, she is from a highly – a really tight society where, like, family groups, you know, of, of, like, eight or ten families travel together and, like, that is their whole world. And so she is very drawn to – trusting like family type relationships. And so being able to, you know, enter a new one and and kind of like negotiate her own place in it instead of being raised as, you know, the baby in, in the whole tribe is really exciting to her. And Johnny, we were also able to kind of see a little bit into the dogma or theology of the light for the first time, at least from my perspective. So you at some point said like something along the lines of like, we're all united in the brightness of the light. And I loved that the idea that there obviously is some kind of like belief system behind the thing that we make a lot of jokes about, but that was pretty cool. And I feel like it was motivated by Brandon's commitment to how Tracy would react to the situation.
2: Well, I know it's a wrench in what Eric's trying to do because he created this wonderful Trinity. And just because of the existence of this in the UA, the light plane, it doesn't run counter. It's part of the existence of the Trinity. And um, if you're a warlock, Everything you do is about your patron. And Johnny's patron is the positive energy of the light. And that's all he is. It's been very clear. That's all he does all the time to everyone's annoyance. I don't know. Uh, From making up uh, scriptures to like trying to channel light as a positive force to maybe calm someone or to even just give himself the charisma and like ability to do something I think is really cool.
0: And I'm sure we're going to investigate that more. We didn't even get into the amazing lore behind this necklace and the centering, which I'm sure is going to be something that continues throughout the next kind of phase of the story. But sort of as an ending note, at least for me, I don't know, having done now seven of these episodes, it feels like we are kind of transitioning into character properly. There were several instances during the session where we would start by saying, well, Nara wants to, and then just say... I want to and kind of revised from third to first person. And it does feel like, I don't know, we're we're kind of inhabiting these characters more fluidly. Our character voices come more easily. Any observations along that front?
1: Hmm. I think this is an interesting part for all of you. I mean, all of you are now the same level. Like, you are all now adventurers, and all of you have your archetypes. We're not always going to do leveling up like that, believe me. Sometimes it's just going to be like, hey, you got some experience, and now, like, you're better about yourself. Level four is usually, like, where... Your first ability scores bump. So it's just like you get better and we can just kind of fly through that. But this was you choosing the kind of person you wanted to be. I wanted to make a Nara's relationship with the assassins and her being a faction agent, which is that's this background we haven't really talked about yet. I wanted that to be really important. uh, And I wanted Tracy's relationship with Nessie to be really important and be part of his barbarianness. Um, This is the end of the first arc. You're figuring out your characters, and now you're going to go on and be heroes doing other stuff. You're going to get really embroiled in this big thing that's happening. You heard about a medallion that has existed for a millennia, and is like the biggest thing that's happened to this continent ever. I mean, we'll see what happens.
0: It was overall a pretty disastrous wedding party, but at least it's one that we survived.
1: (laughs) It's it's definitely story-worthy. It's a story-worthy wedding party. We got a few drinks. It was worth
2: it. It was.
0: It was. We we got some free drinks. I got a free pair of two big pants. So yeah, Mark came go. out on top.
2: I made friends with Huey Dewey and Louie, So that's that's really like.
0: And the we have best. a great new style icon in James and that rose studded beard. I mean, come <laughs> yeah. on.
2: Listen. Now that I don't have
1: a character, I'm gonna have to cosplay as James. I guess. Oh my God.
3: I. W- that's
0: great. hell. Yes. We we're
3: gonna make that
1: happen. I hope so. Hey. Hey guys. Yeah. Do you want to hear the next arc?
3: Yeah. <gasps> yes. Uh, yes. Please.
1: You have finished Arc 1, which is the wedding party, and welcome to Arc 2, political party. Ooh,
3: I like that. Bring it on.
0: So we got a question via email, which anyone can do at any time by emailing us hello at jointhepartypod.com from Aaron. And Aaron asks, really loving the podcast so far. Thank you. Since I keep thinking of Pokemon every time you guys say RPG or NPC, what would your character's dream Pokemon teams be?
1: Oh my god. That is such
0: a good question. Thank you for asking us, Aaron. Ooh. I just want to say all the Eevees, all the EB evolutions. <laughs> I just think seeing anara with just a like pack of like semi feral gigantic cats would be amazing. Are they cats? Foxes, whatever. Little fox things. I love fox Little fox. I loved oh, Eevees so yeah. much.
1: It was one of my favorite I can't even guys. keep track of all of the Eevees, though. It's like after like
0: yeah, like it's lightning fl- one.
1: It's Flareon, Jolteon, Vaporeon, Leafion,
2: it... Umbreon,
1: Leafion. There's a leaf one
3: now. No God. way. Everyone oh. past 151 is non-canon. Everyone knows it is. that. Yeah. So
0: oh, I was about it's to like say. It's like the last I'll... season of the L-word, guys. Everyone just ignores it, including people who made them. Yeah, you know, of they're...
3: course. The whole, you know
2: how that's a cultural reference. I also get. I'm I, sorry, I, not
0: a queer lady. Everyone who is who's listening knows what <laughs> I mean.
2: I was about to say, aren't you excited that they're coming back?
0: They may actually may canonically ignore the last season. Really? And everyone is really pumped about it. Whoa, <laughs> that's, <pretty> that's crazy. <laughs> I know.
2: Yeah. Let me tell you my
3: my six, guys. You ready for this? Is this You've Brando's thought about or is this Tracy's? Brando's six. Okay. All right. I'll yeah. give you Tracy's after that. Nice. The starter that I pick, which is usually either Charmander or Squirtle. Uh, you, you waffle? You're not one or the other? Uh, That's
1: a judgmental word. All right. Let's all go around and say what our starting Pokemon is. Okay. I think this is important. Okay, can I
3: get my team and then we'll do it? No.
1: Okay. Do
0: first. What? What's your starter? <laughs> For alligator,
2: not <Non-canon>. <laughs> you're not gonna. Listen, Golden silver is probably the height of Pokemon. You what's your play- starter? A-
0: what is your starter? Squirtle, I guess. Sure. Charmander.
2: Charmander.
0: None. You die. You never go on the adventure. You stay <laughs> home with your mom, who is sleeping with Professor Oak.
1: You live in Palatown, and you and Mister Mime become best friends. Pidgey. Blah. Uh,
3: anyway, Pikachu. What are oh, your come going. on, Yellow. That's what are fair. your
0: starter? What What are your, your Is it
1: canon? It is because it's first edition.
3: My starter is usually Trimander, but I do like to go with Squirtle. I think Blastoise is better than Charizard. You bite your tongue.
2: sir. <laughs> I mean, he's factually <laughs> you bite correct. Your tongue it is. Things, it is just better than Charizard.
3: <laughs> uh, I go Gengar. Starter.
2: <laughs> I go Gengar. Uh,
3: what are my other ones? Um, Pidgeot, because Pidgeot's just a cool looking guy, even though he or she is not that great. Uh, man, I, I haven't played in forever now. I think you about said
0: Hero My Six with such confidence I that
3: I really hoped you would deliver. And just then g- you just said Gengar really <laughs> strongly. <laughs> give, give me a second.
2: Hang on. So I was thinking about what Johnny's would be, but unfortunately, you guys are not letting me include anything beyond. All right, you actually have
3: the knowledge. Well, I don't.
2: The problem is I don't know their names.
3: Dragonite.
2: (laughs) For Johnny, there is a rock type Pokemon that is in the shape of a sun. So that would be one for
0: Johnny. They'd all be
1: regular Pokemon, but then you just give them all Flash and force
3: them to use
0: Flash. (laughs) Bunch of plants and birds.
3: (laughs) Nidoqueen.
0: Middle Queen is really good.
2: Like, I know what they look like, the ones that Johnny would have, but I have no idea what their names are because that's where the stuff got difficult, was the names after 151, I just, They're I can't bananas. do.
3: Jilteon. Thank you. <laughs> Those are my six. Uh, You'll notice that I cover all of the type ranges, and I have a defense-heavy team.
0: Sounds about right for you.
3: You're also very defense-heavy.
0: Diversified defense-heavy.
3: Yeah. The brand no way Pfft
0: <laughs> So thank you, Aaron, for giving us that question. And like I said, anyone can send in them anytime. You should reach out to us, please. We would love to hear from you on social media. We're at Join the Party Pod in all the places. You can go to our website, jointhepartypod.com, where we have excellent transcripts of every single episode, including the after parties and the punch bowls, where we interviewed last week's Venture Maidens, who were so lovely. We love them so much. Their conversation with Eric was amazing. So check it out. And until next time, y'all, we will be chatting with all of our patrons in the Discord, So if you want to see cute photos of people's pets and listen to their role-playing stories and see the dope dice that they're ordering, you got to join us. Give us a buck and you can come in on the action. And thank you so much for listening as always. We will see you in two weeks with a new episode.
3: Is Tracy Mewtwo? No. What? He was created in a lab,
1: but he's also organic. Does Tracy want to secretly take over the world? I mean, it's a secret. Stoneface would have five golems and a milk tank. Bye, guys. Undying Light be with you.